This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. All right, so let's bring in Eric Kratz, who his lane is baseball. Maybe there's some gambling in there. Maybe there's some beignets in there. So let's bring on Eric Kratz right now, co-host Foul Territory TV, like I said, a former big league catcher for 11 seasons. So Eric Kratz, are you a beignets guy? Are you a gambling guy? Have you been to New Orleans? No, no, and no, I haven't. I was also a AAA guy. Maybe I played against your husband, but... I never, I never got to, I got fired every time we were about to make it to New Orleans. So never been there. Oh no. (laughs) But you've got to partake in some gambling, right? If you're doing a sports betting show. For sure. I don't feel like sport. I don't feel like sports betting is gambling. I feel like that's just easy money. Ooh. Ooh. Mr. I was down $1,500 last time he was on this show. Oh yeah. I'm still down. <laughs> they make Sports us only love one lock. They only make, only make you us play the one market? lock, and I can't lock it into one. Are you someone who says, I'm not going to invest in the stock market? No, no, no. I'm investing in my wagers, in my own bets. I feel like I should be really good at this because I played baseball for 19 years. And, like, it's harder than you think. It's definitely something that you're like – but it's a cool, it's a cool hobby. It's such a cool, like, there's so many intricacies. There's so many like little mm-hmm. parlays and like, Hey, why is this happening? Oh, wait a minute. The Braves, like the other week I picked the Braves to lose to the ace. And everyone's like, you're an idiot. Why are you going to do that? Well, they had a night game in Atlanta. They had the ESPN show me game. And then they had to fly across the country to Oakland to play a team that at the time had like 10 wins. And I'm like, that is just setting them up for failure. So I'm like, yeah, I'm taking, I think it was like 220 plus 220 money line for the, for the A's. That was an easy, like five, two, six, two win for the A's, a team that had won nothing up until that point. Well, you are much better than me, my friend. I, for one, have not placed a single wager on the Oakland A's, and I still probably won't because I still feel like I can't trust him. I was asking AJ about this. I feel like catchers have a good read on pitchers. Have you explored the market of strikeout props, of outs props, or anything pitching related? Because it feels – I could be wrong here. Do you feel like you have a better read on pitchers? I mean, I feel like you've been watching foul territory or fair territory with – with Ken Rosenthal like my last I'm like I'm like four and one or five and one in my last five this past week I lost I lost the other day with my build a prop but bet MGM does such a great job of being able to you can go in and build your own parlays so I'm like okay mm-hmm. I'm just gonna look at who is the who is the K you know what teams strike out a lot to me, as if, if you have a team that strikes out a lot, you know, you have the A's, you have the – I actually have my list right here. You have the A's, you have the Twins, you have the Giants, you have the Brewers. Those teams strike out a lot. Okay, now I'm going to face somebody who's kind of mid-level, as the kids would say. He's kind of mid in the strikeouts. <laughs> Nailed it. it. It automatically is going to help them hit that, like, hit that, like, let's say it's five and a half. They're going to automatically hit that five. So what I started doing was building parlays where I can 
I can say, okay, the A's are playing the Phillies. Yes, the Phillies might absolutely destroy the A's, but we're going to hit 2K props easy. And, and in the parlay, all you have to do is you can hit a, you know, I'm going to take Adrian Hauser for two-plus strikeouts versus Luis Medina for three-plus. And both of their over-unders were probably closer to, like, five or four-and-a-half. And, but parlaying them together, Medina can give up six runs, and I can easily hit hit my parlay. So that it, you're exactly right, Chelsea. That's I love it. I love the K props. I love seeing teams. Some te- like the Twins, they just strike out. They have struck out 26 more times as a team than anybody else. And then if you really like start like kicking in, okay, the Yankees they haven't struck out as much as other teams, but they can't hit this. They can't hit a splitter. They can't hit the changeup. So if you get a guy coming in like Michael Walker, I'm taking it. I'm building that parlay, and I'm taking taking the money to the bank. <laughs> Eric, so I, I wanted to just pick your brain about some just general baseball questions here. And I know it's, it's hard not to get caught up in the hype here, and it's really early, but how good is Ella De La Cruz? <laughs> It's hype early, but yeah, everybody else on the Reds has been on the team the whole season, and his first ball that he hit was harder than anybody has hit one this season. Like, those are the kind of things that you look at and you're like, whoa. And then he yeah. runs the bases? To me, to, to me when, I, when I played with Andrew McCutcheon in 2009 in AAA, he got called up, and my wife asked me, she goes, well, what happens if he struggles? What happens if he, you know, are they going to send him down? I was like, man, his skill set is not yet refined, but the difference is his speed is so good. It When he puts the ball in play, he's going to be fine. Like, he is going to be yeah. fine. And that that's something that I think, Ellie, if you're going to have a little knock, the swing and miss is there. So he's got to put the ball in play to be able to use his 70 speed. But with that speed – he is an automatic game changer on that team. There's no, it's not, it's, it's not a, it's not a coincidence that they called him up and they had two come from behind victories. A guy like that in the lineup is always looming. I mean, the ball he hit, he almost hit his first home run out of the stadium. It's like crazy. It's a joke. He is a monster. Right. And definitely something that Reds fans need a little excitement. And like you said, it was a part of a week that's been really exciting with those back-to-back walk-off wins over the mighty Dodgers. Speaking of swing and miss stuff, it's wild to me what we're seeing from Luis Arias right now. The fact that he is barely striking out, number one, the fact that he's hitting 403, but he only has one home run. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, if he falls off the table a little bit, only hits like 340 for the season or you know 330 for the season, do you think the power numbers would be holding him back from winning an MVP? Or do you think it doesn't matter? If you have a high batting average, that should be the stat. No. No, I, I think I think what he does, first of all, what he does is unbelievable. In this day and age, to be able to hit 400 for a month is, is one thing. To be able to hit 400 for 65 games – is unbelievable and he has that ability he's got the joystick i mean he just like just takes the ball wherever he wants to (laughs) and i think he struck out 11 times 11 times 
Kyle Schwarber struck out 11 times in three games throughout a stretch this year. And so to answer the other part of your question, no, I don't think he'll be an MVP candidate. I mean, he'll get MVP votes just like he did last year. But we, we talk about it all the time because Scott Braun on our show, Foul Territory, loves Louisa Rice. And I love him. But he can't be the centerpiece of your lineup because if I'm catching, if AJ's catching, we were talking about this, I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, two things we're not going to do. We're not going to let Luisa Rise have more than a four-pitch at bat because he's going to put the ball in play. Don't try to chase the strikeout. Too many pitchers in the big leagues try to chase the strikeout. And a guy like that you're, you're game planning against and you're sitting there going – Okay, well, he can't put the ball in the ballpark. So let's make sure we get contact early and we stay in the zones that make him put the ball in play. Hey, you know what? And you want to try to keep the ball on the ground for him. So, you know, you're staying down in the zone. He's going to do most of his damage up in the zone. And, you know, that's when he'll flip his doubles to the gaps and triples to the gaps and down the line. But I just don't see him being able to win an MVP just putting the ball in play because we know so much more about value you know looking at a guy like Kyle Schwarber who's going to hit 220 this year you know if he's if he regresses back to his regular season in June he ends up hitting you know whatever 280 like he always does he's going to have 35 to 46 home runs like that's just so much more value than a rise is is creating and I don't think he's going to hit 400 but if he pushes if he pushes 390 his votes are going to be up there and he could be a top five guy we're talking with Eric Kratz co-host on foul territory tv played 11 years in the majors as a catcher so Eric you were talking about value right now if there's a team that you could bet on that's off to a slow start where you could get some value on them maybe making a run winning their division who would that team be San Diego pod winning the division or at least just, you know, maybe it's a world series prop, whatever it is, some sort of future where you can get value now. I think the future on, I think the future on the Padres right now is Mm -hmm. in the national league championship. I don't know that they win the world series. I think they could be a team that could get hot. Everybody loved them at the beginning of the year. Their lineup is ridiculous. And I think they are, value-wise, who's out there. You know, it's like saying value-wise on, you know, well, I want to take Shohei Otani on, you know, to win MVP. It's like, well, you're getting like two pence on the dollar. Like it's, you're getting nothing to make that pick. So value-wise, I really like the Padres. I think their starting rotation is enough to, okay, excuse me, they have three, you know, three starters that can that can work in there. They're going to make, you know, I don't think they're going to catch the Diamondbacks or Dodgers. The division is not up for grabs, but it's something that everybody's going to beat each other up at the top. So they're going to continue to slowly make a run up there. And I think anytime you have a guy like Juan Soto in your lineup, that's not hot. Charlie Manuel used to always say, well, you know, if he's, if he's not hot, I better move him up in the lineup. He's about to get hot, you know, so you have you have that kind of thing. But you also have it in Manny Machado. You have it in Jake Cronenworth. You have it in Xander Bogarts. You have it in Fernando Tatis. And you're like, 
holy cow, this lineup is long and just stay out of their way when they get hot. All right, Eric, let's end on a fun one. Only a minute left, so it can't be a super long answer, but settle a debate for us. The wave at baseball games when the game is close. Yes or no? Not when the game's close. I need a fifth to sixth inning wave. Milwaukee does the best wave. They get the one Ooh. that goes like this back, and then it, and then it comes back. Like if you haven't seen a Milwaukee wave, you need it. The the wave is definitely more of a <laughs> fifth to sixth inning type of activity. Oh, I get it. The wave before the seventh inning stretch is the way to go, and Milwaukee apparently does it really well. Well, he does it really yeah. well. He is Eric Kratz, co-host on Foul Territory. Catch him on Twitter at Eric Kratz thirty one. Eric, thanks for waking up with us. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.